Uh, it could be a roller coaster before it's over, but we're going to be watching. We're going to be ready. The exemptions, which are now suspended, may be back in force, may be suspended again, you know, but, but we're going to be there working through it and uh, uh, doing the best we can to serve our fellow Tennesseans. Hello, everyone. I'm Brandon Lewis, founder of the Tennessee Conservative, and joining me today is Jason E. Mumpower, who was elected as Tennessee's 35th Comptroller of the Treasury in January 13, 2021. He is responsible for leading the Office of the Comptroller of the Treasury, which comprises 12 divisions and more than 560 employees, and ensuring the office fulfills its mission to make government work better. Mumpower served in the Tennessee General Assembly as the state representative for Sullivan and Johnson counties. He held the positions of House Majority Leader and Minority Leader. He joined the Comptroller's office in December 2010, serving former Comptroller Justin P. Wilson's department, uh, or rather as the Deputy Comptroller and Chief of Staff. And I got to meet Justin. I think it's been about 10 years ago. I hope he's still doing well. Uh, Comptroller Mumpower has received numerous awards and recognitions during his career, including being named Legislator of the Year by several organizations, a graduate of King University with a BA in Economics. Mumpower also graduated from Harvard University's John F. Kennedy School of Government uh, for Senior Executive in State and Local Government Program. Comptroller Mumpower is an Eagle Scout and promises to do his best to do his duty to God and his country and is active in the Rotary Club of Bristol, uh, uh, Tennessee, and slash Virginia and the Chambers of Commerce in Kingsport, Bristol, and Johnson City. He currently serves as a member of the King University Board of Trustees, and he resides in Bristol with his wife, Alicia, and son, Max Comptroller Mumpower. Welcome to the program, Bud. Glad to have you. Well, thank you very much for having me. I'm glad to be with you and your viewers today. I'm coming to you today from Bristol, Tennessee, uh, where I have lived my entire life. And it's, I am a Tennessee conservative, so it is a pleasure to be with you on your program today. Well, I'm glad to have you. So many people may not real, really be familiar with what a comptroller is or what you do. Can you tell us really just what you're responsible for? And also, and this is really important as you get calls about things, probably what you're not responsible for and what you can't do. So just kind of fill our viewers in on that. Well, that's a great question and a great way to start. Um, if you try to sum up the job of the Tennessee Comptroller in particular uh, in one sentence, it would be easiest to say that I am the state's money cop. That is a term coined first by my predecessor, the great Justin P. Wilson, and he is doing great. Uh, just as you ask about him, he is doing great. He's still in the office with us and I appreciate him very much. But when I say we're the money cop, we're about watching the money, all federal, all state, all local government dollars in Tennessee, and making sure they're spent as they were intended to be. Uh, we do that through the audit process. The comptroller's office has about 580 employees across eight offices from east to middle to west. Uh, our biggest divisions are our audit divisions. We audit all state government agencies. Uh, we audit all counties, all cities, and all utilities. We have an oversight function of those local government budgets. 
And uh, of course, we assist with the state budget as well and certainly watching all those dollars. If in the course of an audit, there is a time that we find something that is suspicious or we find fraud, waste, or abuse, we also have a team of investigators that work on uh, solving those fraud, waste, or abuse cases that may arise from an audit finding. One thing that I'm very proud that we do is help manage the state's debt portfolio. And everybody watching, every conservative in Tennessee should be proud to know Tennessee's one of only 13 states in the nation that has a triple, triple A bond rating. The legislature does a great job of, of not running up the credit card, not running up the debt. Tennessee is a very low debt state. In some surveys, we have the lowest per capita debt of any state in the nation uh, that has debt, and we're happy to be responsible for managing that debt. We also oversee property assessors uh, and assist property assessors in all 95 Tennessee counties. We have a research division that works on uh, any type of research project the legislature might ask us to pursue, especially education-oriented research. And you take all that and you throw in uh, a bunch of other responsibilities. I could talk a lot about the small business advocate, the open records council, uh, and on and on and on, local government finance. Um, we have a lot of duties. But you ask a very important question as well, and that is what is the Tennessee comptroller not responsible for? And you are right. We do receive calls regularly uh, because, because the term comptroller it can mean different things. Uh, in a lot of states, the comptroller is the person who is the, the chief accountant, the chief of accounts for the state, uh, the, the CFO, if you will. That's not the case in Tennessee. Uh, in Tennessee, that chief of accounts, uh, that CFO, that lies in the executive branch. The Tennessee comptroller is an elected constitutional officer, part of the legislative branch. And we're the auditors. We make sure and audit those executive branch departments and make sure they are spending the money the way the legislature appropriated that money to be spent. So that's a nutshell about what the Tennessee Comptroller does. It is a nutshell because I could talk a lot more about it, but I think that gives you at least a little bit of an idea. Well, I, I learned a lot. Just in a very short period of time, one reason that I love doing interviews with people that are good at their job is you learn a lot in a short period of time, and hopefully our audience has too. Guys, if you appreciate what we do here at the Tennessee Conservative, if you will go to tennesseeconservativenews.com slash support or hit the support button, and when you give, you get two proud Tennessee conservative bumper stickers. Uh, you can use this to patch things around your house. You got a flat tire, you're going down the road, take one of these puppies out, slap it on it, drive on. These things are, are so adhesive. Uh, they really are. I mean, I've seen this thing uh, pull aluminum off of a refrigerator. I mean, they are made of something. Once you put it on there, it will never come off. I'm just letting you know, fair warning. Uh, it'll be there for eternity. If you give $50 or more, or if you make a recurring donation, you get this proud Tennessee, uh, this proud Tennessee conservative tumbler with all the news coming out uh, here lately. I've had to drink a lot of cold beers out of this, and I believe it has revitalized my health and turned back the clock, uh, and perhaps even pauses aging. I'm not quite sure what magical properties are imbued in this, but it can be yours. And we also send you this handy official directory of all your state reps and your uh, state senators, which many of you use uh, uh, profusely. 
during the special session, and that's why many of us got our, our medical freedoms back. And finally, if you give, or if you go to, uh, if you go to letsgobrandonhat.com, you'll get this puppy right here. And uh, everybody wants one of these uh, heading into the holiday season. We've only got a few of these puppies left, so if you want one, get them while they're hot. In a moment, we're going to talk about the, the federal judiciary and its recent injunction about the Biden administration's vaccine mandate. But first, explain how exemptions are granted in Tennessee. Because uh, that's one thing that was kind of confusing to me, and I, and I, I read through all the code that was passed uh, through the general session, a lot of that's in, in legalese, but what's the standard for having an exemption granted, and uh, does that standard originate uh, in the Tennessee code, or is that at your office's discretion? How does that work? Well, you said you were a little confused by it, and, and, and that's not surprising, because honestly, it, it is a little confusing. I mean, what the federal government has been putting us through as a state and as a citizenry is a little confusing. Um, your viewers might remember that back in October, the General Assembly held a special session of the legislature and passed a bill that basically said that Tennessee businesses and schools and government entities cannot impose a vaccine mandate. However, uh, the Tennessee General Assembly, looking out for Tennesseans who earn a living uh, off of federal contracts and things like that, they did create an exemption process um, whereby entities that have these federal contracts that require them to have vaccine mandates or lose federal money, sometimes lose their bread and butter, you know, um, they could submit a notice to the Office of the Comptroller requesting to be exempted from the state law. Now, you ask where this is, this is spelled out in Title 14 of the Tennessee Code. Um, so, up until this week, our office, if, if we were provided a, a notice or an application from a Tennessee entity that had a federal contract or subcontract that required them to have a vaccine or mask mandate, or else they would lose their federal funding if they did not, we could grant them an exemption from the state law. Um, and, and so we have been receiving some of those applications uh, and, and working under the guidance of the state law to operate an exemption process. So if, for example, if, if I own a company and it's got a thousand people, and let's say we get a dollar, just a dollar, or it could be $100,000 and we run a $100 million business, it, it what and let's say that only 10 of the employees or maybe a hundred of the thousand employees are are wrapped up in that federal piece uh, or the Medicaid or the Medicare piece. Does that mean that the entire that the entire workforce of that company is now kind of lost its constitutional rights? Or does that mean that that you have to have a is there like a big significant chunk? How do we determine like when, because there's kind of a balancing act there between people that are prob maybe primarily engaged in private uh, business, and then there may be some small federal component, or it could be all federal. So how does that work when you get those exemptions, and what classifications do people fall under? And I cannot remember if that's in the code spelled out specifically, or if that's just kind of a discretionary issue. 
Well, that is that is another great question. Uh, you know, the exemptions that my office provides relate to the persons who are covered by the language of the federal contract. But let me explain what we found was in these federal contracts. And it, it points to the length that the federal government went to try to trap as many people as possible under its mandate. The language of the federal contracts we have seen say that the federal contracts apply to everyone working on the contract and anyone they may come in contact with. That means that if there's a workplace that has a federal contract and people share a parking lot or share a hallway or an elevator or a break room or a lunchroom and they may come in contact with each other then they are all subject to the federal mandate. So you can see that the federal government uh, wrote this, this, this vaccine mandate in particular to trap as many people as possible, regardless of whether they work on that contract or not. Mm -hmm. I'm worried as this stuff went through, uh, a lot of this stuff I often worry about, like it says in the Bible, like the love of money is the root of all evil. And sometimes I think it would be better just to let go of a lot of this federal money and some of the other stuff and just keep our freedoms because, you know, there's freedom is really what's in short supply. Like you'll never, there'll never be a, a, a shortness of supply of, of probably federal funds or corporate, you know, corporate money, uh, but individual freedoms are something that are very rare. So hopefully we can get uh, some relief from these injunctions that have recently passed. Uh, explain what just happened. Uh, that caused your office to rescind those recently granted exemptions. So now we've talked about how the exemptions were, were, were granted. And now, you know, we're, we're once again, lurching in a different direction, which I know has to be frustrating for your office. So explain uh, what happened that caused your office to rescind those. And I know this is just all uh, conjecture, but what do you think is going to happen next? I mean, what, what do you see if, if you even have any ability to know that? Well, in short, what happened uh, earlier this week uh, on Tuesday, the federal court stepped in, you know, uh, federal judges in Kentucky and Louisiana, they they issued preliminary injunctions that basically said the federal government had gone too far in imposing vaccine mandates on federal contractors and subcontractors and CMS healthcare providers. Now, that all happened on Tuesday afternoon. Um, by Wednesday morning, uh, we had stepped up and suspended all 69 exemptions that had been issued at that time. Um, you know, the language of the Tennessee law passed said that we could grant these exemptions if we found that compliance with the state law uh, would result in a loss of federal funding. And with the federal exemptions uh, halt or with the federal mandates halted for the moment, we could no longer find that to be true. And so we suspended the 69 exemptions that were so far in place. So, uh, uh, you know, we were we were glad to do that. And, and we did that as a result of the court action. And you asked me what's going to happen. I mean, um, it's hard to say. It's it's wrapped up in this federal court system. Uh, it could be a roller coaster before it's over in terms of, you know, 
two courts have issued injunctions. The, the CMS injunction is nationwide for healthcare providers. The injunction for federal contractors and subcontractors just applies to Tennessee, Kentucky, and Ohio. So it's going to, both of these cases are going to be uh, uh, on the roller coaster of the court system for some amount of time. We don't know how long may eventually wind up in the Supreme Court, uh, but we're gonna be watching, we're gonna be ready. The exemptions, which are now suspended, may be back in force, may be suspended again, you know, but, but we're gonna be there working through it and uh, uh, doing the best we can to serve our fellow Tennesseans. Now, I would imagine since we've got 30, 40 days to the general session, because the, the last extraordinary session was like, I don't know, it was, it was like trying to eat a, a five course meal, you know, in a car going down the road at 100 miles an hour. And then, you, you know, all right, kids, we got all this stuff passed. Let's push it through. It's 3 a.m. We're going home. And uh, <laughs> so there was it was a little bit a little bit rough shod. Uh, you know, we, we probably put some round pegs and some square holes uh, under duress, but I think when we have more regular order in the general session, maybe some of this might even be curtailed better. So I get calls and emails from Tennesseans every day, and it's been rough uh, over here because everyone in Tennessee that, that feels like their medical freedom and liberties have been taken away over the last 24 months, like we kind of took a sledgehammer to, to a fly in the house. And yeah, we got the fly, but we tore the house apart. You know, economy suffered. We have, you know, 24% fewer small businesses than we did 24 months ago. I mean, it really, it, it's hurt us. And they call me and email me. And I, I, all I can do is report what I know. And I wish I could do something for them, but they're, they're trying to feed their family and then, you know, ask themselves, you know, am I compromising my moral or religious uh, uh, convictions or I just think this is the way that it, it's best for my health decisions. Uh, we recently did a huge poll, uh, and I think it was like 95 to 97% of all Republican primary voters are against any of this in any fashion. And, uh, and we published that. But what advice, you know, in the volunteer state where we, we've done a lot of mandate state for the last two years, not so much volunteering, what advice would you have for Tennesseans that are caught in this unfortunate circumstance? I mean, do you even have any? Well, sure. I mean, uh, number one, um, you know, I, I was a member of the Tennessee legislature at one point in time. I became a member of the Tennessee legislature back in 1996 when we had a liberal majority in Tennessee. And the first thing I would say is that Tennesseans, conservatives watching your program should be very proud of its legislature. We have a very freedom-loving, freedom-seeking, freedom-protecting legislature, in, in my opinion, and I appreciate them electing me as comptroller uh, to assist in the effort on behalf of Tennesseans. Um, you know, a phrase we adopted when I was in the legislature in the minority and we were seeking the majority, uh, a phrase we adopted and took to Tennesseans is that it matters who governs. And, you know, Tennesseans, number one at the state legislative level, you should know your state representative. You should know your state senator. I know all 132 of them, and I can tell you, I think all 132 of them are people who are accessible, and uh, you can reach them when they are at home or in Nashville. Uh, so I encourage you to, to not just know who that person is, but know that person. Uh, get to know them. They are your voice in Nashville. And, uh, you know, if you have somebody who's not 
not uh, uh, voting the right way, the conservative way, then then you need to look to elect someone else. And and so, uh, but I think you will find that our our majority in Tennessee is pursuing a conservative path that is right for Tennesseans. You see it every day in the fiscal operation of our state. You see it every day in the social operation of our state. I just couldn't be happier with the makeup of our legislature as it is today. And again, I'm very grateful for them uh, electing me as comptroller. So something else has been going on at the comptroller's office, and I'm excited to hear you talk about this. Uh, what what have you been doing with this K through 12 dashboard specifically? You know, where do people access it? What's on it? Um, and, and what information are people going to be able to glean now that your uh, department has put this together? Well, I'm really glad you asked me about that. On Wednesday, uh, actually, when we went through all this suspension of the of the mandate uh, exemptions, uh, we also then, you know, that was a big news splash. We also uh, released that day a K through 12 education dashboard, an online tool. And I, I don't want that to be overshadowed by the news. So I want to, I'm glad to get to talk about that a little bit here. You know, one of my personal goals uh, is always to have transparency uh, with Tennesseans. And one of our biggest expenses in this state is public education. And I always want to do what I can to help shed more light on how we fund education in Tennessee. As you said, this week we did launch our online education dashboard, which if folks go there, they can find key data about the state and about each school district in the state. Um, the data has everything from information about salaries and personnel, about student demographics and how much money the state and local governments are putting towards education in your individual communities. Uh, you can find uh, this new dashboard and I'll give you a website if your listeners want to get a pen real quick to write it down or I guess they can always rewind and watch this again. But the website is tncot.cc slash O-R-E-A. Again, tncot.cc slash O-R-E-A. That OREA stands for the Office of Research and Education Accountability, which is housed in the Comptroller's Office. And we do as much as we can to make education and education funding and education uh, standards very transparent for Tennesseans uh, from Mountain City to Memphis. So please go online, check out that new education dashboard. Okay, I'll have, definitely have Jason put that on when we post it online so people won't have to, if you want to memorize it, you can, but we're going to yeah. put it below the video so you just click that puppy and get to it. Uh, what, uh, and I know that they've got information on salaries will be on the dashboard, information mm -hmm. on uh, how it's funded, the demographics of the school. Will that bring in any of the TCAP scoring or is that kept somewhere else? Uh, what other, is there anything that you may not have mentioned that's also on that dashboard? I'm just curious. Uh, this is, this is primarily funding uh, related, but people will want to want to check it out. We're going to be um, um, uh, updating it regularly. Excellent. So you let me start. Go ahead. And let me let me say while people are online, go to the comptroller's website as a whole. You can find a host of information about the state's positive economy, 
about the American Rescue Plan, which was a federal plan sending federal dollars back to Tennessee, uh, you know, and, and gives communities a chance to invest in water, sewer, and broadband infrastructure. The Comptroller's website, there's a whole host of information there, and we welcome uh, anyone, but especially Tennesseans, to come check it out. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I know you're exceptionally busy and you've been traveling, so I will give you the last word to our audience. What would you like to leave them with? Well, I thank you for having me here today. I appreciate uh, Tennessee conservatives in particular, and uh, I want you to know again, you have a legislature that I think supports you and your values, and I appreciate them letting me serve as comptroller, and thank you very much. We're here to help you if we can. Well, Mr. Mumpower, we appreciate your time, uh, and if you ever have a message that you'd like to get out to conservatives in, a in Tennessee, please reach out. We'd be happy to have you on again. Until next time, I'm Brandon Lewis with the Tennessee Conservative, signing off. <laughs>